Hey friends, this is Andy Jenkins. Welcome back to the podcast. On, on this one, I want to really dive back onto the previous episode where I talked all about the resurrection and the things that you had been included with, uh, with Christ. Before I go there, let me remind you, on the 20th, April the 20th, it is the third Tuesday of the month, we are having a hangout at the Hilltop. If you are local to us in Birmingham and you want to join, we would love to have you. Here's how to get the information is just send me a PM or a DM. Uh, from wherever, any of the social media platforms where you've got me, uh, or you can follow the links on below, uh, or just go into the Facebook group that's linked below, and that will have all the information about the Hilltop Hangout. You don't have to be local in order to be in that group. Uh, you, you obviously probably have to be local in order to get here because we're not streaming or anything like that. It's just kind of, uh, anyway... Go to the group and you'll get all kinds of information about what we do. So I wanted to remind you of that. If you're looking for a group of people who are like-minded, who are trying to push forward, step forward, and help each other balance and grow in the seven key areas of life, that is an incredible opportunity and we would love to, to walk with you and see. Uh, it's not for everyone, but it is for a lot of people. And so hop on and join us there. All right, in this episode, I really want to pick up off uh, where I left off last time, kind of, and, and talk about the reality that uh, if, if we're included in Christ and if everything that happened to him has happened to us and we live this new le- resurrected life that is free from sin, then why is it that so often we struggle? And, it, and in order to understand that, really, you've got to understand the difference between the soul and the spirit. Now, I've, I've just... Fair warning, like my brain is loaded with this information. I, I just finished putting together the parts of a book, um, some previously published content, uh, pulled all of that together. It was, it was my stuff, pulled it all together from three different books, added some stuff to it, shot a new video course on it, have a live event coming up, uh, streaming event on May the 7th. Uh, all the links to that are in the show notes below, or you can go to soulholeness. Dot com. That book's not even out yet. I'd love for you to grab hold of it. I've read the audiobook and would love for you if you if you don't want to read. I think I'm looking at the book right now. It's it's 450 plus pages long. Um, it's got a lot of pictures and it's a, has a tremendous amount of stories and it reads really really fast. But but I get it. Like sometimes you just want to listen while you're running, while you're doing the dishes, while you're mowing the grass, while you're driving, while you're drifting to sleep. Uh, this one makes a great bedtime story. And if you listen while you're driving, it doesn't talk back or ask you how much longer um, till you get there. All, all the information's below. But because of that, I've, I've got all this information in my head. Literally last week, I shot the video course, 14 videos for it. All the information is at soulwholeness.com as well. And so all of that is just kind of in my head, and I want to talk to you about the differences, and maybe this will help you sort. All right, so here's kind of the main idea. If you're locking on to what is the main idea, just kind of drill this one into your head. We each have a body. We each have a soul. We each have a spirit, all three. It's easy to confuse the soul and the spirit, though. However, distinguishing each from the other is essential 
if you're going to walk in total health. So questions from the past episode nailed it. One of the most difficult aspects of navigating life is this constant tension that we sense between what we believe in theory to be true and what we, and I'll just use kind of air quotes here, you can't see them, but what we know to be true. So we believe one thing, but then life experience practically tells us another thing. For instance, like the Bible tells us that we're complete, we're whole in Christ. That's Galatians 4.19. But even though we're said to be whole, you and I often feel empty, depleted. The Bible tells us we're forgiven and that God doesn't even remember our past sins. Hebrews 8.12 says that, as do multiple other verses that say the same thing. But sometimes we still feel even though we're forgiven, guilt and shame. The scripture tells us that God is doing something in us and that he will complete it. That's in the book of Philippians. Yet we often feel stuck, trapped, like we're not really pushing forward or getting anywhere. It it can be really this odd tango. And I would say when we look at reality, from only the vantage of the seen world instead of the seen, okay? We look at what we can see only, not what's unseen, because those two things are often contradictory. It really kind of gets us trapped up. This is why Paul continually says, hey, the more important is the unseen. The more important is lean into the unseen, okay? And so the, the reality is that, Hebrews 10.14 does say, He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So notice the, notice the two contradictions right there. He has perfected. That's past. It's done. Just like the fact that you, as we discussed in the previous episode, were crucified, died, buried, arose, and ascended with Christ. That's the reality. He has perfected all that happened, past tense, reality. He has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. We're in process. It's done, yet we're in process. It's done, yet it seems to be happening right before our eyes. It is. It feels like, and it reads like, one massive contradiction. Here's the deal, though. I think you can resolve it when you realize that there are multiple parts of us, multiple facets of us, three facets, And each facet really is undergoing a different experience simultaneously, even though they're disconnected and connected at the same time. Okay, that that sounds confusing too. Here, let's keep on digging. I promise you, we're going to tidy all of this up. Or you can go into chapter one of that book, or you can just read. I've got a lot of stuff written there for you in the show notes with with scriptures, graphics, other things that will help you make sense of this. So here, here's what you got to do. First thing is you got to realize that there's an outer person and an inner person to each of us. In some sense, we, we get that. There's an outer person, there's a body, and there is this inner uh, personality and stuff you can't see. But most people don't realize that the Bible teaches that we're comprised of a body, a soul, and a spirit, and that the soul and the spirit, the inner person, is two different things. That inner person can be subdivided itself. We intuitively understand that in order to be healthy, we've got to take care of our bodies. That's 
a given, but we've also got to take care of both aspects of the inner person by treating each as two separate but connected things. So what I'm saying, to be clear, is health involves not only spiritual wholeness, but also soul wholeness. That's the name of the book, Soul Wholeness, because the body is different than the spirit, and your spirit is different than your soul. Okay, and again, we often confuse the soul and the spirit as the same. They're not. They are two different things. Uh, there's a passage in the New Testament. Hebrews 4.12 says this, quote, The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Now, according to that passage, the Word of God divides soul and spirit so we can effectively discern what is soul and what is spirit. Okay, it is easy, simple to separate the body from the spirit and to separate the body from the soul and to tell which one's which. That is super easy. A kid can do that. But delineating the soul from the spirit, that can be a little bit more difficult. That word piercing, as in piercing to the division of soul and spirit, in the original Greek language in the book of Hebrews, it's it's more like a precise surgical scalpel than this huge, wieldy, William Wallace-like battle sword that you would see bludgeoning someone like a mallet in battle. Th- that means sometimes it requires close and careful attention to discern what's soul and what's spirit. Uh, reality is nuanced. I was talking to a friend of mine on the telephone last night, and he said that his wife told him that God told her she was released from him and could be divorced. Now, there's no abuse. There's no shaming. There are no things going on. I mean, no, no marriage is perfect, but what she's done is she is confused, in my opinion, soul and spirit. And it's so nuanced that she's actually tricked herself that her feelings are the spirit of God. And your feelings are not the spirit of God. Can God use your feelings? Yeah, he can use your body. But, but the soul and the spirit are two different things. And, and this is essential to understand if you're going to walk in total overall health. Here's the difference. The spirit is the part of you, part of me, which immediately renews when we awaken to God's grace. It is the part of us that is, according to Scripture, one with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.17, it actually says, whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. It is, and it, it is more in that word, more than just, oh, we're one, like we're, we're unified, like we're together. I mean, it is, it, it is a singular entity, not, not just a word of unity and agreement. It is, a, it, it is more than that. It is an entity. And so when we talk about uh, the reality that happened to you, that you were included with Christ, past tense, you, from the previous episode, you were crucified you were buried because you died. So crucified, died, buried, arose, ascended. We're talking about your spirit. Everything that Christ achieved and did was for all of you, yet uniquely that part is already totally done. Spirit, one with him. 
Now, the Spirit is the true inner person that we want to live from. Uh, the Spirit is the key to pulling the unseen world into the visible world around us, to living out the presence of the kingdom of God. Now, the problem is that the Spirit is often hidden beneath or behind the soul, and we easily confuse the two. Uh, it, it is easy to walk in deception. And, and I tell you this, a lot of people, like that woman, that walk in deception, and, I, and I've been there too, don't understand that they're being deceived. And in fact, by its very definition, if you're deceived, you don't know that you're deceived. In fact, you probably argue for and defend your position because you are so firm and that you are right. That's exactly what it means to be deceived, is your trick. You don't realize, even though people around you probably see it, you don't realize that you are in the wrong. And so your spirit, it's quiet, it's steady, it's humble. Uh, the soul can become aggressive, outraged, opinionated quickly. That soul is still in process. So inside of you, you've got a part of you that is whole, complete, totally included in Christ. And inside of you, you got a part that is still working things out. Uh, what's the soul? The soul is comprised of the mind. That includes your thoughts. Uh, the soul is comprised of the will. That includes your desires. The soul is comprised of your emotions, which includes your feelings. Emotions are really kind of the expressions of those feelings. And if you think about it, your thoughts, your desires, your feelings, your mind, your will, your emotions, are those not the parts of us that create the most chaos? Yeah, that, that's why Paul tells us in Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed. And he goes on to say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will not be conformed to the pattern of the world around you. See, left unchecked, our mind, our desires, our feelings and emotions, those things just step into communication with the world around us and just react. And Notably, the Bible doesn't tell us. It does not tell us. It does not say to renew our spirit. Your spirit is already one with God's spirit. That That is the inner part of you that is created in God's image. Uh, Paul actually says that it's created in God's image in, quote, true holiness, in true righteousness. So that spirit is whole, complete, lacking nothing. Your soul is the part of you that is different and needs some figuring out, some working out. The good, the good news is this. God intends to redeem your entire person, body, soul, and spirit. I, I think growing up in the church, and again, as I've told you in other episodes, you know, I, I had a great experience growing up. Uh, however, I think that we really leaned into the idea that God wanted to renew your spirit. And that's kind of it. I mean, we had other theology about the dead and Christ rising and the resurrection of the dead, but we we really didn't have a healthy, robust theology about the body, which would lead to nutrition and health and exercise and fitness and taking care of ourselves. And we, and we didn't have a robust theology about the soul, which would necessitate and facilitate training on mindset and education about feelings and emotions. 
uh, as a result, you see this huge vacuum in the church on those things, and the world, for lack of a better term, has kind of stepped in and expressed its agenda about feelings and every other thing. And there's there's not a big theological grid for that, which really I, I think we need, and I think it's something that now that I say it, verbalize it, it is maybe something that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, as I've said in other places, I don't, I don't necessarily write or teach things upon which I have expertise, uh, as probably is the case with most people. I, te- I tend to write and talk about things that I'm wanting to learn and wanting to explore and seeking to figure out. Here, now, again, here's the good news. God intends to redeem your entire person, body, soul, and spirit, not just the spirit. And so in 3 John 2, you read the Apostle John writing to his church saying something like this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, so that there's a physical attribute right there, just as your soul prospers. So our concept of health now in living a redeemed life of purpose, it should include spiritual health, which is what most churches focus exclusively upon. And it should also include physical health, and it should also include soul health. Uh, This is why Paul actually prayed this blessing and said, quote, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you. That that word means make you holy, uh, renew you for his purposes. May, May God, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your, catch this, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Notice right there, he does two things. The first is he lists all three parts of us, uh, spirit, soul, and body. And the second thing is he really reverses the order that you and I, and culturally, we might say. Normally, we would say body, soul, and spirit. But Paul says, no, no, no. It's spirit, soul, and and body, he infers that the most important aspect of us is the spirit. Yet, even though we need to acknowledge, okay, that 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 is the driver. That's the one that's uniquely connected with the Holy Spirit. That's the one that is renewed, redeemed. That that's the one that's been through that five-fold uh, process that we spoke about in the previous episode. That that's the part of you, your spirit, that has crucified with Christ, buried with Christ, because it died with Christ, it arose with Christ, it's ascended with Christ, even though that's the most important part, he says they all matter. Now, I I started putting some of this together. I, I grew up in church, and even though I was raised in the church and did the whole thing where you walk the aisle um, back when I was five, uh, really... I did not awaken to grace, and the light bulb didn't shine. Uh, the blinders didn't come off. It's a longer conversation for another time until I was 21. And I remember in our church that, that Sunday, I walked the aisle, said, "Hey, this this is it. That's how you that's how you became." public in your faith back then is you, you didn't do this quiet raise your hand while nobody's looking you didn't fill out an information card or a connection card and you know drop it in the offering plate or offering bucket you didn't you know text a number you know hey I got saved you 
walked the aisle just like a Billy Graham crusade. And then our church, they always did this thing where they would uh, have somebody go out with you that would collect some personal information so that they could follow up with you and send you some things that you needed, you know, in order to take the next steps, but also talk with you about your decision. Hey, you know, just to make sure you knew what was going on. This was a fantastic practice, by the way. Uh, It's something that I really wish you saw a whole lot more of. So uh, I walked the aisle and then this, this guy named Jack, who consequently later became my uncle's father-in-law this really gracious man he you know was a little bit taller than i am i think and he was simultaneously uh shaped like and looked like a beardless santa claus and so and, and he had that same predisposition he was a window guy a glass guy um w- one of the best guys that you would ever meet he walks me out and he tells me, he says, hey, I've been praying for you for a long time, and I'm so happy to see this happening. And I remember telling him, thanks. I'm not sure why it took so long for everything to click, but it seems like it just all came together. And and then he told me something totally relevant to our conversation right here about the spirit, the soul, and the body, or the body, soul, and spirit. Jack said something like this, when I look in the Bible— I seem to find all of this stuff that says we were saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Now, in the previous episode, I talked about the fact of all of the were, past tense stuff. Jack brings it up. Again, I find all this stuff that says we were saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And, and he continues, said, I know it sounds at first glance like it's a bit confusing, but I believe it really describes what's happening with you. Now, again, he was a glass guy. He fixed windows and doors Monday through Friday and some Saturdays. When he talked, he sounded a lot more like a carpenter than a preacher. Um... That's an assessment that the Pharisees often made about Jesus. Remember the famous carpenter's son from Nazareth. So, so I asked Jack, now what do you mean? We're saved, are being saved, and will be saved. And so he explained it. He says the Bible says that God chose us in the past. He foreordained from the foundation of the world that we would be his children. And, and he got out the Bible. He showed me Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 where it says that. And if you're taking notes, it says that in multiple places throughout the scripture. I mean, you can't miss it that it was decreed in the past. I mean, in the previous episode, I gave you a whole list of things that occurred in the past. And I, I just asked Jack, I said, what, what does that mean to you? Do you think it means we were saved, past tense, that God knew it was going to happen, even if we didn't walk into the reality of it for thousands of years after he made that decision? And he told me, he said, I, I, I believe it does. I think so. And, and he, he straight up said, and, and you, know, you know, I believe that now. I said that again, previous episode. He said straight up, he said, I think theologians and I think Bible scholars make some of these concepts way more confusing than they should. But yes, I believe God chose us as his children. Your spirit was already, past tense, connected to his. You've just now realized it, and you've awakened to what is already 
true. Now, pause. Think right there. In the previous episode, I told you that 2,000 years ago, you were crucified, you died, you were buried, you arose, you ascended with Christ. Some of you have just now awakened to that. This is exactly what Jack was saying. So we continue talking. I said, okay, what about you said past, present, and future? What about the will be saved? The future tense part, I asked. And he told me, he said, well, I'm an old man. And he was. He was 40 years older than me at the time. He said, at some point in the next 10 years or so, I'll be gone. They'll bury me at the cemetery. But the Bible tells us Jesus returns in the future and the dead in Christ rise. I mean, he got out the Bible. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 says it. 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 58 says it. Almost that entire chapter is about the resurrection of the dead. And and Jack continues, like he, he kind of sat back and patted his belly. Again, he's kind of shaped like Santa Claus. He, he laughed, he chuckled, and he's like, yeah, I'm, we're going to have a new body. <laughs> I could really use a new one. I laughed with him, and I told him, yeah, that okay, that's past and future. What's the present part? The past part is your spirit. The future part is your body, which right now is winding down. You know, you need to take care of it and steward it and all that, but at some point, you get a complete overhaul, total home makeover. What What's the present part? And he told me, he, he said, and this was just in simple, everyday, just talking like you and I are talking right now on the podcast type terms. He said, I, I think that's what we're doing right now. We're figuring it out. We're sorting it all out in our minds and our hearts. And I, I recalled this Bible verse, Philippians 2.12, where Paul says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. He, he doesn't say to work for it. He says, work it out, figure it out, sort it out. Jack interjected. I remember him saying, I think God's telling us in that, yes, go go figure it out. The, the end of the verse, Philippians 2.12 says, you know, God is working something in you in the present. Like Work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is God at work in you to know and to do his good pleasure. So it's something that's in process in the moment. So I like just... You've seen cartoons before where, you know, this light bulb just goes up above the cartoon character's head or this thinking cloud above their head. And, and, and I told him, I said, you know, maybe this means, all of it, that our spirit has been saved, that our bodies will be saved, and that our souls are in the process of experiencing and growing in this awareness of salvation right now. I mean, it's all a done deal because from the eternity perspective, from off the timeline of space and time, God sees it all as this one instant moment, yet you and I get the experience of it right now. Okay, so think about all that. Those are the three parts Jack and I discussed. The spirit was saved in the past. The soul is being saved in the present. The body will be saved in the future. I remember that day well because that, that's the day I started really building out a mental framework as to how all of this, I think, works. And no, these ideas aren't originally 
just mine. You know, I'm pulling together stuff of what Jack shared. I'm pulling together, uh, you know, growing up in a phenomenal church. I'm pulling together going to seminary after uh, majoring in English and public administration and political science in college and pulling together working in a church and with some phenomenal pastors and leaders and in the nonprofit world and faith-based nonprofits for years. And I'm pulling together so many things from so many places but it makes sense to me that all three parts of us will be remade into the image of Christ at some point. Your spirit already won with his. Again, your spirit, previous episode of the podcast, was crucified with Christ. It died with him on the cross. It was buried in the tomb with him. It arose, tomb's empty. And now it is ascended and seated at the right hand with the Father. Your body, it will be redeemed in the future. At some point, the one you have, it wears out, and then you are given another one. Absolutely take care of the one you have because it is the container that carries around your soul and your spirit. I mean, mean, you can't make your mark on this world that you're called to make and the gift that you are unless you take care of the body in the best way that you possibly can. Your Your soul is still in process. That, that, means, that, that means your mind and your thoughts and your will and your desires and your emotions and your feelings, that these are the areas that we can grow. And, and you know, so often we take our cue as we live through this world from what our soul tells us, from what our mind says, from what our emotions feel from what our will, our desires in that instant are. And those things can waffle around. Um, again, the soul can take its cue from the external world, and that can become how we filter everything. And And the soul is how we are designed to interact with the world around us. We, we need our mind and expression and our feelings and our personality and all of those uh, beautiful parts of the soul, but we've got to get them in line or we'll do things like eat emotionally. Um, and not be able to seem to lose weight regardless of how hard we try because our soul's out of whack. Or we'll sabotage our progress towards our dreams and our goals, making ourselves the greatest barrier to our dreams. Or we'll continually react impulsively and react and go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Like I was angry and instead of containing it, I didn't because, because again, we can be hindered by the soul. The soul can be a beautiful, incredible thing, but it is in process. And, and God wants us to take our cues from the Spirit and then use our soul to express and filter change around the world. So our soul and our feelings can tell us like, hey, here's the condition of what seems to be happening out there, and we can take that in and take that information. But still, after grabbing hold of that information, live from the Spirit and then in turn use our soul to communicate Spirit in life. Okay, so I know I just opened up a huge, you know, the saying's can of worms, right? Here's what Paul says, Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That term, keep in step, it's a military marching term. In the same way soldiers march step for step and stride for stride and rhythm for rhythm and beat beat with the warrior in front of them, we are supposed to, in the same way, align ourselves with the cadence of the Spirit. And and that demands we make time to tune out the environment sometimes and get back in sync 
with the rhythm of the supernatural, like sometimes we've got to change the soundtrack that we listen to, right? And, and Galatians 6, 8, it says this, the one who sows to the flesh, meaning our ability, which is our soul's part of that. The one who sows to our flesh will reap from the flesh. The one who sows to the spirit will reap from the spirit life and joy and peace. In other words, you get the benefit of the one to which you sow into, lean into. That's the one from which the harvest comes. Yet, yet, yet remember, each of these areas, they're important. What, what's important to remember? Your body at some point in the future will be redeemed future. Your spirit in the past totally redeemed, absolutely connected to the Holy Spirit. This, this is why he says, never will I leave you, nor will I forsake you. I mean, you are you are one with him. So often I think we feel like, oh, God vanished. He disappeared. No, no, that's your soul sensing something that's untrue about your spirit. You see, body, future will be redeemed. Spirit, past is redeemed. Soul it is in process of being redeemed. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face of favor upon you. May now you sense that instant full connection you have in the spirit because in the past you were saved. May you lean into the hope that in the future your body will be saved, restored, all things will be made new. And may you right now in process work out, figure out your salvation and be transformed by the renewing of your mind and work out your salvation as Paul says in Philippians 2 with fear and trembling because God is working something in you for your will to want to and be able to do his good pleasure. And may you have the resource to use your feelings in a supernaturally healthy way by checking them before the Spirit and then using the Spirit to respond back with them to the world around you. Grace, peace. I'll see you again soon.